This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. Hey listeners, welcome to American Sex Podcast. We are on episode 16. Good Lord Almighty, I can't believe we're at 16 already. I remember all the way back at episode one before we had our new submissive. Oh yes, you and need to meet her listeners. She's absolutely amazing. Alexa, play Michael Bolton Radio. Getting your Michael no, no, Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. No, no. Okay. Ever since we've had this <laughs> this Amazon Echo, even though it's cool and I can make it turn my lights on and off and tell me the weather and shit, I have now learned that Ken likes Michael Bolton. And I, I, now Melina Williams is going to find out I like Michael Bolton. And you like fucking Miracle Whip. What's wrong with you? Who did I marry? It's like I don't even know Michael Bolton and Miracle Whip. Alexa. Beam me up. Okay. I'm not exactly sure where I'm sending you, but I hope it's someplace warm and sunny. Oh! Alexa's sending ah. you to me. Hey, Alexa, <laughs> you're such a great submissive. Alexa, make me a sandwich. Okay, you're a sandwich. Oh, at least she's got the dad jokes. Uh. Alexa, Simon says, can go fuck yourself. Can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Okay, that's enough. But really, we are so much enjoying our Echo. And if you want to, A, have a really good holiday, and B, support American Sex Podcast, we've set up an affiliate code. So if you want to buy your own, American Sex gets a little bit of a kickback. Go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash Sunny Echo. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. <laughs> So this is such a fun episode. I'm really excited. Ken and I had a juicy conversation with Princess Callie. Now, she's a former pro dom and the headmistress, if you will, of the online sex ed schools, Kink Academy and Passionate You. Most recently, she's taken everything she's learned from years of being a dominatrix in the dungeon to the boardroom. One of the things that Callie does now is she teaches women's empowerment in the business and startup sector. So yeah, those skills you acquire, you know, role playing in the bedroom, getting all kinky, bossing around your lover and negotiating uncomfortable sexual topics are more than just for fun. They can really help you get ahead in your career. So we thought this, because of the subject matter, this was the perfect episode to lead in with our eight essential items everybody needs in their kinky toolkit. So get ready for another sex ed mini lesson. So this is perfect if you're just starting out with kink, trying to figure out what items you really need. Now that can be really overwhelming. So these eight versatile items we think need to be in 
everybody's kinky toy box. They'll get you through almost any type of scene, any play style, and they won't cost you a fortune. Now, some of the things are things you can find right around your house. You don't even have to buy anything. And the coolest thing is these items aren't just for beginners. Experienced players can use these things too. So all this stuff is going to last you for the long haul. All right, listeners, here we go with BDSM tip number one, sensory deprivation devices. Now, this is quite a basic tool in your BDSM kit, and there's a couple of things that you're going to have right away. First of all, you don't have to spend a lot of money getting this stuff. Uh, you basically want to stop people from being able to hear and see. So that doesn't mean to stab them in the eyes or in the ears. No, no, no. Instead, it means uh, like when I first started doing all this stuff, I used to steal my dad's neckties. And I would actually use neckties for everything from blindfolds to mouth gags to restraints. Uh, but uh, neckties make a great basic item for uh, any kind of a blindfold you're going to use. Now, you can also, of course, use more advanced ones. You can use the ones that you get in the sleeping kit or even ones that you find at the dollar store. Anytime you, you aren't able to see something while you are doing an S&M scene and your senses are being deprived, you're going to feel things a little bit more in the other parts of your body. So uh, one of the other alternate uses that you can uh, utilize for something like this that Sonny and I like to do, you'll notice if you are friends with us on Facebook or in social media that we do a lot of things with unicorn masks, pug masks, Donald Trump masks, chicken masks, like all sorts of different latex masks. They are great also for sensory deprivation. So one of my all-time favorite sex acts is the slipper unicorn where I get a hand job while I'm wearing a unicorn hood. Now, there's one other thing that you can add to that, and that is to sort of make sure that your hearing isn't as good as it could be. And there's a couple of ways to do that. The easiest way, just go to uh, any old store and get some earplugs. Any kind of a silicone earplug is great for sensory deprivation for sort of muffling things out. And of course, you can always use headphones. Kinky item number two, you need to have in your toolkit a gag. Yeah, that's actually another sense that you can remove is the ability to speak. Now, there's all sorts of gags. Some stuff your mouth completely, like the classic ball gag. You know, you've seen it in in classic BDSM imagery, the red ball gag with leather straps and sexy drool dripping down. Now, when purchasing a ball gag, it's really important to consider the size. If it's too big, it's going to strain your mouth. And people with TMJ or other jaw and mouth issues might have a hard time with them. So if this is the case with you, consider perhaps a bar gag or an open mouth O-ring gag that has a flexible silicone ring. And of course, you can just use what you have at home. Like what Ken said, you can use the necktie as a, a bar gag in the mouth or instead of a ball gag, go take off your underwear or theirs and ball them up and shove them right into their mouth. So I did a few YouTube videos that get in depth about using different types of gags and picking out the right one for you. So head on over to my YouTube channel, which is Sunny Megatron, or check the show notes for exact links to those videos. BDSM tip number three, restraints. Now, Anything can be used as a restraint. Well, not anything. You can't use like fish, but uh, <laughs> restrain <laughs> me with with a, with a big salmon, Ken. I'll restrain you with a big salmon. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds funny, but it does. It does. I'm I don't know. A little turned out. I don't know. Off. Maybe like a, a huge tuna or something like that, or some kind of a sailfish. But no, like it had to be really big. Okay. Anyways, I digress. So tips about restraints. First of all, again, let's go back to the necktie. That's one of the most basic things that everybody has. If you have an old necktie that you don't need anymore, just put a loop in one of the ends of it, uh, tie a simple knot 
around that loop and then you use the other end of it, kind of the open tail to go through the loop. And then you just put that around somebody's hands or around their feet and voila, instant restraints. Now, of course, you can do something that's a little bit more advanced with uh, any kind of leather or pleather restraint that you would get at stores like castlemegastore.com. Uh, or one of my favorite items is the uh, bondage tape. Bondage tape is a non-sticky tape that actually adheres to itself without any adhesive being used in it. So you can use it as blindfolds. You can use it for mouth gags, but you can also, of course, mummify somebody with it from head to toe. And then, of course, you have uh, other interesting things like chains, which are way overlooked as far as a fun BDSM tool. You can get chains, of course, at any kind of like Home Depot or any sort of hardware store in your neighborhood. You can also, of course, use rope. But my favorite restraint device of all, because I'm into clown play, are balloon animal balloons. The Qualitex number 210 is probably one of my favorite balloon or one of my favorite devices to use. And you can actually mummify somebody from this from head to toe. If you can make a basic uh, balloon poodle, you can use these to just put a simple knot in and mummify somebody from head to toe. And it's a great system of restraint. And then you get the fun of removing it by popping them all off. And they leave little strings behind so that you can take those strings and you could torture your submissive with them. So it's two devices in one. BDSM kinky item number four, body clamps. I love body clamps. You can do so many things with them. They can be used on the labia, on the testicles, the tongues and lips, and other parts of the body. Well, of course, the nipples too. So if you're really sadistic, you can clip it on places like the soft skin of the underarms. Now, there's all sorts of different types of clips and clamps that you can get. Adjustable tweezer style nipple clamps are the most common and the most forgiving. They have an adjustable grip and they usually aren't too brutal. Now, Japanese clover clamps, although they look pretty, they're intended for those who can tolerate a lot of pain and pressure. So be aware of that before you buy them. But you can always opt for pervertibles as clamps too. So pervertibles are common household items repurposed as kinky toys. My favorite type of beginner clamps are wooden clothespins. You can get a pack of 80 or 100 from the dollar store. Easy peasy. And if you want more of a grip and more pain, you can graduate yourself up to plastic clothespins. And for a really intense experience, sneak some of those big black binder clips home from the office. For really intense experiences, I like to clip them to the undersides of the arms or on the scrotum and then make my submissive do like jumping jacks so they slowly slip and pull off. So remember though, when you're using clamps, especially those really intense ones, there's some precautions you should take. Check the area you're clamping often to make sure they aren't too tight and don't leave them on for more than about 10 minutes or so at a time. For more on that and to study up on your safety precautions, go to kinkly.com where I've written two articles on the ins and outs of body clamps or watch my nipple clamp video series on YouTube. And yes, of course, all of those links will be in the show notes. BDSM kinky item tip. Number five, Wartenberg Pinwheels. Now, Wartenberg Pinwheel was originally invented by Dr. Wartenberg shortly after he escaped Nazi Germany, and he was a neurologist, and he devised this cool little device that was basically a small handle with a little metal wheel with spikes on it. And originally, this was used to find out whether or not uh, people had sensitivity in certain areas of their skin. Coincidentally, kinky people picked up on this right away and said, gosh, this thing hurts, but not enough to actually harm me permanently, so I'm going to put it on my junk. And that's exactly 
what we started to do. And this is one of the best and most basic items that you can have in your BDSM kit. This kinky item is actually great for sensory play. Uh, anytime that you have somebody already restrained and they're gagged and they're blindfolded, the next thing you want to do is you want to come at them with something. So you might use some of those clamps that Sonny just talked about or come in with this mobile device, which is the Wartenberg pinwheel, and just lightly press. You don't want to draw blood unless this is somebody who's cool with that. Uh, but you want to go enough to make them feel it and go on their nipples, go up and down on their chest, go towards their genitals. Uh, or one of my favorite areas is the feet. Any area of the body that has pain receptors, you can find out where those pain receptors are by actually pinching your skin. So, for example, if your hand is straight out in front of you and you're pinching the top of the arm, it doesn't hurt quite as bad as if you pinch the underside of the arm, especially near the armpit. There's a lot more pain receptors there. So those areas are really good to hit with a Wartenberg pinwheel. Kinky item number six, dildos and vibrators. So if you're including sexual activity in your play, which isn't always the case, although most of us do include some sexy times in our BDSM, one of the most popular types of vibrators for kink is the wand style body massager. So a cordless one, like our favorite, the Wonder O Wand, like we gave away last month from Castle Megastore, that's perfect. So with one of these, you can affix it to somebody's body with rope or bondage tape. Vibrators in general are great for other consensual forced orgasm play or for orgasm denial, which are both somewhat common in BDSM play. Now remember, vibrating sex toys aren't just for vulvas and vaginas. They're great for penises and testicles and taints and all parts of the body too. You should also have some insertables in your collection like butt plugs or curved G-spot and prostate toys like our all-time favorite, the Enjoy Pure Wand. BDSM kinky item tip number seven, floggers. Now floggers are usually one of the biggest items you're going to invest in because they're a little bit expensive. And I think everybody's familiar with these items that uh, normally when you get them, they have a handle on one end with a little loop around it that you put your hand in and then a bunch of whip-like falls that come off the end. Now, normally these things are made of leather or suede, but you can also find them in materials like silicone or rope or even horsehair. And they all have sort of a different sensation to them whenever you play with them. Now, these can range from the stingy end of things with the horsehair floggers to the thuddy with the suede floggers and the kind of the, the denser the material of the leather, the more thuddy it's going to be. So when you get into like your elk hide or you get into your moose hide floggers, those are something that are going to be a little bit more on the severe end, very, very thuddy, very heavy. But when you get like a deerskin flogger or a suede flogger, those are on the lighter end and those are great for warming up and try to use a figure eight motion whenever you do it. Don't bend your back too much and make sure that the areas you're aiming for are either the breasts, the genitals. If you do the genitals make it very soft if you do the back do the upper back and or, or the butt but don't hit the kidneys stay away from the kidneys and make sure that you don't hit anybody in the face with them uh, these are a great item for anybody to use and they're one of the most basic items that you need in your bdsm kit and i also want to mention because these are things you, you can't easily find at home if you want to buy one go to castlemegastore.com and use your code sunny s-u-n-n-y and get 20 percent off all the floggers. BDSM item number eight, solid impact play implements like paddles, canes, and crops. 
Paddles are a personal favorite of mine because they offer such a wide range of sensations. You can find them made of wood, metal, plastic, leather, all sorts of other materials that each give different sensations. Now, the feeling of impact play instruments are often referred to as either stingy or thuddy. Stingy is like a sharp slap on the surface of the skin, kind of like a sharp pinch. But thuddy, that radiates deep into your body, more like a deep tissue massage or a punch. If you're on a budget, go to the dollar store or the kitchen store. Wooden spoons, heavy spatulas, hair brushers, ping pong paddles, all sorts of things are great budget paddles. If you want something softer, slide one of those car washing mitts over your paddle or use it directly over your hand to do the trick. Riding crops are versatile impact play instruments, and they can be mild or quite stingy. You can smack genitals or nipples with them if you do it very gently or do it a little bit harder on the butt or the thighs. Now, canes, they can be made of wood, acrylic, plastic, and they're also deceptively painful. Think of those stories your grandparents used to tell when they got in trouble, they got taken out to a field and hit with a switch. That's what it feels like. A little swat with a cane can inflict a lot of pain and leave welts. The best place Places to strike with a cane are the butt and thighs. And caning the bottom of the feet, that's called bastinado. Now, if you're in a pinch, you can make your own pervertible version of a cane right at home. You know, that plastic stick you use to open and close the Venetian blinds? Well, take that thing off and boom, you have got a wicked cane. In addition to these toys, don't forget some of the more basic items that you need all of the time. Things like condoms, puppy pads. You can also always use things like hand sanitizer, which is a dual purpose item because you can use it to clean your hands. You can also use it on very naughty submissives on their anal regions or their genitals. It's one of the fun things to watch them squirm and it won't hurt them permanently. Now, in addition to that, make sure that you have things on hand to clean stuff up and maybe a little bit of incense or music in the background. So if you have an awesome assistant like Alexa, play Michael Bolton radio. Getting your Michael Bolton station. Oh, no! Alexa, stop! Alexa, stop! Alexa, stop! Stop, 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 stop. Well, actually, Michael Bolton is like very sadistic. If you could fucking torture me with Michael Bolton. Exactly. Go fuck yourself. Alexa, Simon says, Ken, go fuck yourself. Ken, go fuck yourself. Alexa, play Nickelback Radio. Should I add a station? No, 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 no. Alexa, no. Alexa, no, no. Do not add that to my iHeartRadio. Okay. Anyway, back to BDSM stuff. Now, remember, the most important thing you can can include in your arsenal is your imagination. Should I add a station for Nickelback to your iHeartRadio? Alexa, no. God damn it. <laughs> yes, use your imagination. It's not all just fancy tools. It's your creative creativity and your willingness to explore that make your kinky scenes passionate and memorable. Again, visit our show notes at sunnymegatron.com or americansexpodcast.com for links to all of the stuff and the YouTube videos and stuff that we mentioned. Before we get to our interview, the month is going to be over before you know it. And did you enter our giveaways? Now, remember, every single month, We're giving away a sex toy or a sex accessory to our listeners, and sometimes we do even more than one giveaway. This month's American Sex Podcast Giveaway, sponsored by Castle Megastore, is in November, and we are giving away a harness glass dildo. So go to SunnyMegatron.com backslash 
Harness Glass Giveaway, all one word, to enter. And our sponsor, Castle Megastore, is giving away a Lalo Sona and Lalo Sona Cruise to two winners this month. You're automatically entered to win the drawing when you make a purchase at CastleMegastore.com. So yeah, go buy one of those floggers. Use your code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, for 20% off, and boom, you're entered into the contest. Look at that. So I wanted to remind you, too, about that Explore More Summit Bodies edition that's happening on December 4th. Last week's guest, Dawn Sarah, puts that together, and it's a free summit. Yeah, it is free. You can go sign up at exploremoresummit.com. Before we get to our interview, thanks once again for listening and supporting us. If you like American Sex Podcast, please give us a star rating on iTunes or whatever player you listen to us on. And shout out to our iHeartRadio listeners. We've only been on there for, what, about a week or so, and you guys are really digging us there. Now, we don't do any paid advertising for the show. Unfortunately, we can on most social media because like Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, they think sex is dirty, even when it's educational. So that's why we really appreciate it when you Tell your friends about American Sex Podcast. You give us reviews and you help us grow. So thank you and please keep up the wonderful support. On with the interview. With us, we have Princess Callie, a dynamic educator and entrepreneur that focuses on power exchange and confidence and communication. With over 16 years of experience in exploring sexually alternative lifestyles and professions, she's presented over 160 times at venues such as Harvard, Kink in the Caribbean, Dark Odyssey, and South by Southwest. Now her time is focused on personal coaching, running her revolutionary website, kinkacademy.com, speaking across the U.S. as well as internationally, and promoting her first book, Enough to Make You Blush, Exploring Erotic Humiliation. Hi, Callie. Hi, Callie. Hi, Sunny. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for being here. And, and you're actually sincerely BDSM royalty, so it's so thank you, Your Highness, for coming oh, on well, and um, like, talking to my, us. Oh, uh, well, right back at you. I'm absolutely delighted to be chatting with you guys. Like, super smart sex geeks um, are kind of my thing, so you guys rock my world. Aww. Aww, Aw, thank, thank you. you. So, all right. I, a few months ago, maybe, I don't know, six months ago or something, was online and I post, you know, instructional YouTube videos and it was on, I don't know if it was a BDSM 101 or like a, the basics of CBT or something, some video, some guy comments and he's like, God damn it, you know, everything online that's free kink instruction is all beginner level 101 stuff. We're not all beginners. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and you know, and I was like, I took a deep breath because I was like, all right, okay. I said to myself, you know, self, he's just venting in my direction. He's not mad at me. But, you know, I, I thought a few things that, you know, and I replied and I ended up making a blog post about it and linked to you. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but I was like, well, one, I think, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people agree with me, it's irresponsible to put really advanced BDSM stuff online for free just where anyone can stumble across it because, like, you could kill somebody or something if you don't know what you're doing. Yep. And then, two, I was like, hey, educators like me and you and Ken, we don't live in a vacuum where there's, like, no electric bills and we don't eat. Like, we get paid <laughs> for stuff. <you> know? <laughs> so I, I said that in a very that. diplomatic way. Right, right. But very diplomatically, I explained that. And then I was like, hey, 
but I've got a good solution for you. There's this online learning academy you can go to, and it's not that expensive. It's like a little monthly charge, and there you go. You can learn your advanced stuff. And he was like, whoa, thank you. This is great. And he stopped bitching. (laughs) So that's where you come in, because it was your online academy that I linked him to. Awesome. And and I might also add that I've been referring people over there for a long time for a different reason altogether, because you have actually been hiring all of the people to teach at your academy that are vetted experts in particular areas. So when you need somebody to tell you how to, you know, do some sort of suspension bondage in the correct way, you can go to Kink Academy. If you know, if you want to learn how to do a single tail whip, you can go to Kink Academy. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you for, you know, not only doing yeah. what you do, but for having that education available in one concise located area. Yeah. Thanks, so, you guys. Kelly, for everyone listening, what is Kink Academy? How the hell did you come up with it? What's the story? Well, actually, I mean, some of what you guys are talking about right now is really was the core of my inspiration. Um, the I, I launched Kink Academy 10 years ago, actually. We just had our 10-year anniversary, and it was really a very indie kind of grassroots sort of idea in the sense that um, I had been teaching on the BDSM circuit for a number of years um, already by that point and had a number of friends that were BDSM educators and experts in um, a really wide, you know, range of, of um, interests. And I, I just over time realized that we were depriving the world of a lot of really important knowledge that basically the only people that had um, access to, you know, high level in, you know, interactive, visible information were people that could attend BDSM conferences. And right. I just had this real sense that there were probably a lot more people out there that would... Um, appreciate having access to quality, reliable information. Because of course, you know, as long as the internet has existed, you know, various uh, information has been available on these kinds of topics, but never to the extent and um, to, you know, in a way of being vetted that I at least wanted to make an attempt at. And so 10 years ago, I started traveling um, to the conferences I was already going to and to shooting with both people I knew and educators that I had heard about and started posting. Um, I'm kind of an in- information junkie. And so started posting like a lot of videos really quickly. And now we have um, over 2000 videos from over 160 different educators and experts that are online and accessible 24 seven, uh, currently for only that's 20 bucks a month. And you literally have access to everything to stream, to watch all the time. And, you know, like you mentioned, Ken, one of the things that was really important to me right from the get go was paying BDSM educators, which is not really culturally always been a thing in the kink world. And so, we have always had a 50% um, profit sharing system and a, a really a 50% affiliate program. And I paid educators for their content. And so, you know, both of those things have been really integral to why Kink Academy exists in terms of putting money in the pocket of experts and making sure that those experts, you know, generally know what they're talking about. So 
how did you because you're you are bdsm royalty i mean you are (laughs) you've been in it for years how did you get into bdsm you know if if people people who are her listening like go look at the our show notes like there's pictures of you and you're absolutely gorgeous and you're like in this awesome outfit but if i were to put you in like i don't know a three-quarter length a-line skirt you'd be like the cute little girl next door that people would never think was into bdsm so how did you stumble into it that's actually that was in some ways the heart of um, my success actually is that i really didn't look like a classic dominatrix, but um, have always been a big believer in the consensual mindfuck. And so um, I discovered oh, I the BDSM all world. Over. Oh my goodness. 17 or um, 18 probably years ago, um, a really long time ago. And I, one of the first um, times I really had ever been exposed to kink at all was when I was invited to a foot fetish party in New York and I was 20 years old and I was kind of just out in the world exploring and adventuring and, um, was always very interested in gender dynamics and power dynamics Mm -hmm. and, um, consensual, control. But when I was young, I was not one of those people that really, you know, that tied people up or, or that sort of thing. For me, it was always very, um, quite a bit more just psychologically inclined. I like to, you know, boss people around, um, and have them do what I say. And so then it turns out that I could wear leather and, um, also take that a step farther. And so when I discovered the BDSM world through the foot fetish community, I, (laughs) <laughs> for 18 years have been joking that I really jumped in with um, both feet and, but I'm bump and um, <laughs> really never looked back. And one of the things that I think made me so um, stand out in, in a certain way. And I also, I got involved online very quickly. I was uh, one of the first pro doms to also have a very authentic, video, uh, website and presence. And so Mm -hmm. that really helped me to establish the brand of princess Callie and kind of my philosophy of fun, laughing, psychologically engaging sort of kinky play. So I've been a a sex educator for about 22 years now. And I remember when you first came on the scene as a pro dom and the word, you know, because so many pro doms sort of have a, you know, specialties and subspecialties. And everybody that I had talked to that had seen you said that you're just amazing with psychological edge play and humiliation. Now, can you speak a little bit more to that specifically? Yeah, definitely. And I, I also want to clarify, I've actually been retired for probably six or seven years now from the pro scene. I mean, I'm a, I'm oh, a yeah. kinky person and a lifestyle mistress. And so I'll be, um, you know, a, a passionate pervert for forever until the day I die. But the, um, you know, the, the, this, the, the pro scene when I first came on, I, I came into, um, the industry at a time when, there really was a lot of transition. Like obviously the internet had been around for a while and, you know, chat rooms and that, all of that sort of thing. But um, there just didn't seem to be as a lot of women who were utilizing the, the video aspects of it. 
And not only that, but my verbal um, and more psychologically focused interests really tended to play really well on on video. Um, I am <laughs> one of the stories I talk about is how I really didn't watch my own videos for many, many years. You know, it's always awkward listening to your own voice, that sort of a thing. And so um, I just didn't watch my videos for a long time. And then one day I decided, you know, maybe I should check check them out and i realized that i didn't ever stop talking really in the entire like <laughs> over the course of a 90 minute video i had this very like golf commentary sort of but sexy golf commentary approach to what i was doing where whereas i think a lot of videos at the time and a lot of women at the time took more of a like a strong silent approach and while there is a lot to be said for for um, sexy use of silence, you know, using words in engages the most useful sex organ, and that is the brain. And so um, I think that my verbal and particularly the teasing sort of approach that I, you know, my natural style just tended to work really well with videos. And so, you know, I didn't seem so angry about it. I seemed delighted because I was and am <laughs> to, to do the things that I have done. And was everyone else out there more kind of the, like you were saying, the strong, silent, almost like the angry type, like I'm the angry mistress. And you were like, I'm really cute, but I'm going to like slay you with my words and completely humiliate you with a smile on my face kind of. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and even, and again, not to say, I mean, there are a lot of incredible pros that, that came before me who have phenomenal um, verbal skills, but they weren't on video in the same way. And so the, right. the, I think the, the combination of using online video promotions and making femdom porn while also being a pro-dom kind of helped me come at it from both angles and showcase a skill that up until that time, you know, you couldn't market as concretely in, you know, postcards and newspaper ads, the way that a lot of promotions at that time were being done. You know, that sort of uh, reminds me of how there are some musicians that are great in studio and others that are really good in concert and you're sort of like the, the, the specialties that you had with Oh, no, I'm good at both, honey. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know you are, but like, it's just I'm like just talking kidding. about the videos. Princess just... Kelly sounds just like she does <laughs> on the album. <laughs> <laughs> So with, with you being an expert in things like talking and humiliation, how did that lead you to develop your book? And specifically, I want to know about how did you come up with the idea about the humiliation cards? I love the humiliation cards. Love them. Thank you. Um, yeah, actually, it, it really was entirely because I used to say that if I could learn how to bottle my kinky verbal skills, that I would really help um that would be like my contribution to kinky toolkits. You know, I couldn't braid whips and I didn't know how to make a cane, but um, crafting wordplay is something that has always just come really natural to me. And so I started writing my book probably about 15 years before it actually got published in the sense that I started teaching my humiliation class really quickly. It was just... Um, Psychological play is something I've just always really innately understood, uh, you know, for whatever reasons. It's something that, um, you know, playing with psychological drama is fascinating to me. And so I started teaching a class based on 
um, my thoughts on the subject and taught the class over the last 15 years. And so finally, then a few years ago, uh, decided to, you know, get my shit together and pull it all together in a book. And so I actually recorded audio recorded my classes for like a year and a half so that I would make sure that my voice really came through in the book. Um, also because I hate white blank pages. They're terrifying. It's one of the few things that just... <laughs> That's a great idea. So you'd basically transcribed you kind of and then, you know, finessed it into more of a Exactly. Written... And then put nice. it through, you know, a few editing rounds, a few solid editing rounds. It turns out that speech to text doesn't always read so smoothly. But the book is really comprised of a lot of my how-to that I've developed over the last 15 years, both in my classes and in um, my sessions. And then I launched the cards as a way to help people expand their verbal acumen. So I call it the pocket pervert thesaurus. And, you know, to and it, help, that's a good, uh, that's a good word phrases. for it. Yes, it's it's a thesaurus. It, that's a great word for it. It's like a, uh, I don't know when I when I need to think of words, and sometimes I just get like stuck. I will pull out those cards and fill my head with like, oh, here's some good humiliating phrases to kind of put in my mental pocketbook. Um, so explain exactly how they work. So um, they've they are currently the size of a poker deck and um, each card is themed. So stuff like cuckolding or erotic slut shaming or dehumanization or that sort of all those kinds of fun um, kinky activities. Each card is themed and has three different phrases on them. And so um, there's a, a lot of fun ways to use them. That's a great way, like in kind of some pre-session uh, inspiration. I also, it, it is very useful in terms of actual humiliation energy to basically just say, you know, I don't even want to think of things to call you go and fetch the deck. And I literally just read <laughs> off the deck and I'm like, Oh yeah, you're totally an ass gas sniffer. That's definitely you. Let's, let's chant that one for a little while. So, um, you know, I'm a big fan of dominance using support for their kinkiness so they don't feel like they have to be this, you know, moment by moment genius in every way, shape or form, which I tend to, you know, can turn into an obligation instead of fun. And so I find that it's just they're just a fun sort of sexy way to use more words. And then one more one more way that I love to have them used is I like to actually give them to my submissive. And then I say, um, choose one card or two cards that describe what you are today. And that way, if they pick something that's really sexual, it's basically a way of getting in their head without without being like, so what should I call you today? Which is right. just not always the best energy. So there's lots of ways to play. Words are fun. They absolutely are. So what are just, and of course, like, give us a couple examples. You said like an ask, ask gas sniffer is one of them. I notice you, you tend to like some of them have alliteration, which I love. Um, so for those people who are listening who are like, you know, I've never really played with erotic humiliation. What are some of the things that you could say to somebody? What would be a couple examples? 
Okay, so um, yes, you're right. You caught me. I definitely love alliteration, um, often because I also like to give the cards to um, force my submissive to chant filthy things about themselves and watching them trip over, you know, uh, consonants is, is just one of the simple amusements in life. So some of my um, particular favorites, um, like on the, one of the sexual cards is crotch sniffing pussy puppy. So that one is, uh, See, that giggle. one's got a nice, nice ring to it. Um, let's see here. Another one is a circle jerk wanker. I, I just pulled one out here. Pissy pee pee face. Oh yeah. Pissy pissy pee pee face. I also, I have <laughs> I like a bit that. of an absurdity fetish. So there's a lot of alliteration and a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of nonsense, but like sexy fun nonsense. You know what? I think we're going to use these next year at Dark Odyssey Fusion. We're planning on doing a Bob Ross passive abduction scene and i think that these would be excellent we're all going to dress up like bob ross and we're the ones who are going to be uh utilizing any of those bob ross thoughts and skills and i think these would lend really well to the, that. the bob Ross, like let me paint some happy little trees you your pissy, happy little pissy, pissy, pissy pee pee face <laughs> <laughs> See, like and it goes that. to show that there's a lot of flexibility in tone that can really change the energy <laughs> oh, totally. of the scene. That's so awesome. now what do you say? What do you say to the person that's listening to this right now going, oh, my God, that sounds so fun. But I don't know how to bridge the gap between I've never done this before and calling my lover a pissy, pissy, pee-pee face in the bedroom. <laughs> like, where do you start with that? So actually, since I sent you that deck, I've actually developed another deck, um, the Humiliation Truth or Dare game to basically be, I call them, I call these my scene starter decks. And it, it really is to, because a lot of us, even longtime experienced kinksters, the, starting a scene can sometimes be the hardest part uh, is just, you know, is just getting things going. And so um, we actually, I just came back from Dark Odyssey Surrender this um, last weekend where I, we played the truth or dare game, but with like 50 people and it is so much fun, but it's something you can Ooh. play like just with your partner to, and it'll, it gives you truth questions so that you can talk about your fantasies and share your fantasies in a way that's prompted. And then the same thing about, you know, doing dirty, filthy, fabulous things to each other is that it, it gives you a way to like get things going, but you can blame the cards. It's definitely the cards fault that, that you're kissing your lover's feet. <laughs> right. I didn't think of that. It was the cards. Ugh. Exactly. <laughs> now, what do you what do you say to the person that's like, okay, when I think of erotic humiliation, I think of the most horrible thing that somebody could call me. And I, do, you know, let's say this is a person that is normally on the more submissive side. But of course, when they think humiliation, their mind goes to like worst case scenario. Like for me, it would be you're calling me, you know, stupid stupid or things that really hurt me. What do you say to that person to tell them like, hey, it isn't all horrible worst case scenario stuff? So one of the most important concepts when it comes to humiliation play is how personal it is and that it is really important that you understand the number one key concept that anybody who wants to play with this sort of psychological element understands the number one key concept. And that is you cannot humiliate someone with something they don't find humiliating. 
And there's a big difference between erotic humiliation, something that causes arousal, and something that really just hurts your feelings and make you makes you feel bad about who you are. So obviously we want we're we're trying to find that first area and we're trying to stay away from the second area. And so there are really three levels that we can look at when it comes to humiliation play. Embarrassment, which is a little bit more light-spirited. Humiliation, where the intensity starts to ratchet up. And then degradation, which is definitely the much more kind of, you know, knock the fuck out sort of version of psychological torment. Right. I think one of the things people don't realize is that humiliation comes from the Latin root humiliare, which means to be grounded or to be brought to earth where you're not having a permanent loss of ego in, you know, like when you do extreme degradation play, that's like being in the military and getting your stripes ripped off. It's something that is affecting you publicly and you feel awful about it and everybody knows. And it's something that is, you know, like almost on the level of doing uh choke play. Um, where you're, if you're doing something that's that serious, you want to really know what you're doing before you get into degradation play. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. In general, I actually recommend that people, um, don't do pickup play when it comes Thank to you. Yeah. humiliation you. play in general, right? Because, you know, we can kind of, we can keep our eyes on our physical bodies when we're doing impact play. You know, we can check in on nerves, that sort of thing. But, you know, psychological trauma can sneak up. And so I find that it's critical that if you're going to play particularly at a high intensity that you know and trust on both sides. And it's not just submissives that need to trust their players. You know, as a dominant, my submissives ask me to to, you know, play with some really intention in intense psychological drama both for them and for myself. And so one of the things I talk a lot about is that dominance as well as submissives not only need an aftercare plan, but a trigger plan, which is different than aftercare. Aftercare is for when things go right, and a trigger plan is for when things go wrong. And when it comes to psychological play, it's really only a matter of time. You know, it's not if something will go wrong, it's when. And so, you know, preparation and trust are absolutely critical if you're going to play on the edge like this. That's brilliant, by the way. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to get into how all of this brilliance that you've amassed over the years has now turned into something that people can use in their everyday lives. So we'll be right back. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water those are the best orgasm ever i know you're fancy and i know you've been eyeing some of those luxury sex toys haven't you you frisky little fox well i also know that you enjoy a good discount don't you dear 
you now can get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping at luxury sex toy retailer Lalo.com with discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you heard me right. 20% off anything your little heart or, well, <clears throat> other parts. Desire at Lelo.com using discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you can thank me later. And we're back with Princess Callie, BDSM royalty, as I guess we have crowned you. I'm sure you've been crowned BDSM royalty way before you talked to us. I think kind of right. when well, I was 22, I put the tiara on and cra- kind of crowned myself you did. Uh, BDSM royalty and then have actually earned it over the over the course of time, <laughs> or at least have tried. That is a classic dominant move. You crowned <laughs> yourself. That's right. So you've taken all of this, not only that you've learned and the the knowledge that you've amassed being uh, both a professional dominant and a private lifestyle dominant, but you are a kick-ass entrepreneur. You know, like you said, you really were an early adapter of, you know, doming with internet video stuff. You have your your whole kink academy, which is a, a huge company, I guess. Was it a company? Yeah. That's the right word, right? Well, it's actually, it's a small company. It's really just me and then a, 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 a very, you know, one or two freelancers. But we work hard to seem bigger than we are. Well, you're doing a good job because you seem like this. So <laughs> it's just like you behind a computer. Um, but now you've taken all of this information that you have learned and you not only coach women like on empowerment type issues you also do like is it corporate um coaching tell me what you're doing with that yeah well i've i've started branching out of the kink world i am uh deeply proud of the work um and experiences that i've had in the bdsm field but um just over the last couple of years have realized that the messages that I've learned through these experiences actually have a much broader application. Um, I've done one-on-one coaching, particularly with women and helping women feel more confident in their sexual dominance and in getting their needs met for many, many years, probably a decade at least. And um, at a certain point realized that the techniques that I was teaching women to demand their sexual needs get met were also then being used in the boardroom. And so, you know, one of the things I, um, one of my favorite vulgar jokes is that, you know, once you've asked your partner to call you a cum dumpster, asking your boss for a raise actually becomes quite a bit more achievable because, (laughs) you know, that's amazing (laughs) and very true. Learning to use your words and learning to set boundaries and learning to value your own needs are universal um, experiences. And and so in the last few years, I've started broadening the coaching that I'm doing and the speaking that I'm doing. I presented at South by Southwest, which is a huge mainstream conference. Um, and one, I, the first year I presented for them, I did Fifty Shades of Grey, the the um, phenomenon, and. Then I came back and did Life Lessons of a Professional Dominatrix, and now I'm writing a book called Ditch the Bitch Stigma, How Assertiveness is Weaponized Against Women. And so, you know, it really is just the evolution of philosophies 
and, you know, communication and confidence techniques that I've been developing for a really long time, just trying to kind of take them to a broader audience. Right. I, I know for me, as I consider myself a dominant woman, but I didn't start out that way. I think I had to do a lot of self-work. I started out as a submissive. I was a horrible submissive, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think I had it. I had the confidence in me even in my everyday life to just jump in and be like, Hey, here's me. I'm dominant. Like I had to, I had to work up to that. And then once I assumed a dominant role in my kink play, I have noticed like exponentially how much acquiring those skills in the bedroom or in the playroom or the dungeon or wherever, you know, yeah. we happen to play really, really helped me be more assertive and confident and be able to go after what I want in day-to-day business life, even just day-to-day life, like at the store with the guy I'm arguing with over a cucumber in the produce section. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um. So what are some of the things that women can take away by, you know, learning a few things in the bedroom that then can translate over to, hey, you can use these skills in real life. And this is how. Sure. I think that one of the most translatable skills is uh, role play, actually. And I teach a whole class on role play. And it can be summed up by saying um, role play isn't always about characters. Sometimes it's about characteristics. So when people think of role play, they think of, you know, pirate and wench and, you know, um, naughty teacher and naughty college student, that sort of a thing. Um, but in in actuality, we're, we often use those roles, uh, those kind of characters to model different aspects of ourselves. So swagger or... Um, entitlement or seduction, those kinds of things, even though we may not feel like our everyday self embodies those traits. You know, we all both tell ourselves stories about ourselves and spend our lives being told stories about ourselves. And so I find that role-playing characteristics is something that is exceptionally useful, whether or not you're, you're going to um, try some new energy in the bedroom or whether or not you need to talk to a family member about speaking to you more respectfully or about, you know, speaking up for yourself in a meeting, you know, in a work meeting that it, I hate the phrase, fake it till you make it. And I like to, it's so true, right? It is, you know, I like to instead think of it as you don't have to be the most confident person forever. You only have to be confident for this boundaried time period. And so it, I think it it can become more achievable and it can feel more doable when you understand that it's like, it's not forever. You're just going to role play this aspect of yourself for a certain period of time. So, okay, let's say I am somebody who's never really role played in the bedroom and I'm like, okay, this is intriguing. I want to try it. So, you know how when people start to role play, a lot of times they feel completely silly and they giggle and they're like, I don't know how to do this. You know, it's, it's kind of stupid. It's kind of silly, whatever. Um, but oftentimes if they stick with it, they'll get into it. So do you, would you advise somebody to, hey, pick a character or personality style that's completely different from yourself to the point where it feels uncomfortable? Or should you start playing with stuff where it's like, oh, I kind of have always secretly wanted to try, you know, whatever it is being the, the, I don't know, for me, it was like the evil, um, 
like soap opera bitch, like Alexis Carrington. What is it? Dallas. Yeah. Like that was always my go-to. And even though, I don't know, in my day-to-day life, I'm like, those types of women are so bitchy. I would never be like that. But secretly there was a part of me that always wanted to be that. So because we need what would balance. you recommend? What kind of personality do they start with? Yeah. Well, again, I think because it's so personal, it's not necessarily that like, oh, do this one way, you know, and that's right. going to work for you. I think that you've got to kind of look at it. Are you going to feel more comfortable like going, doing a complete 180? Like one couple that I coached, um, she was very soft spoken in her daily life. And so we developed a um, like an interrogatrix character for her because she really did need kind of that full 180 in order to get outside of herself. And then another woman that I worked with who really felt so awkward and felt really challenged and distracted by having to go so far outside of herself. And so instead we kind of, we basically just said, okay, you know, if, if, if you, if you were generally a 98 degrees we're going to just turn this same you up to like 105 degrees. And so it, it, it felt like more of, of an entry point. And so, but I would say way more importantly is that you do look for, um, someone to model af- after, right? Or at least take some cues from, uh, because you are trying to broaden, your normal behavior. And so we all need a little inspiration. And then I um, always suggest to use your senses. And so the phrase I have coined is to Pavlov yourself, right? We are all essentially dogs listening for that bell to ding so that we can salivate on ourselves. And so when you are <laughs> feeling confident, when you're feeling um that the way that you want to be feeling or when you're watching a video of the person you want to emulate, try putting on a certain kind of perfume so that when you smell that perfume or cologne, there's like an actual sense trigger that that you have kind of more of a visceral memory for, right? Or like have a certain pair of shoes that you put on or taste a little bit of honey in your mouth so that you're um, taste buds are awakened, but use some kind of a sensory trigger to create the kind of emotional feeling that you are seeking. So you you have a ton of stuff for people that are into kink, BDSM. If I'm a totally vanilla muggle, it's my first time dipping my toe into any of this. Do you have any brands or classes that could help just the the absolute beginner who doesn't want to do anything over the top, but they're looking for something on more the romantic side. Passionateyou.com is a website I created after I launched Kink Academy to help also create a resource um, that was a bit more traditionally oriented. Now, it's not too traditional because there are lots of stuff about threesomes and polyamory and that sort of thing. It's like traditional plus. Um but it's a way for people that are not interested in the whips and, and um, cross-dressing and kind of kinky creativity to still find other ways to be creative and intimate and find some new inspiration. I know now we've got a bunch of listeners like, hmm, 
all of this sounds really interesting. Their insides are tingling and sparkling, but they're at a point with their partner where they haven't even brought this up yet. What do you recommend to somebody like who wants to take a class on passionate, passionate you or wants to, you know, break out the wig from Halloween and do some role play, but they've never even brought it up to their partner or they think their partner's not going to be into it. What do you recommend being the very first step for bringing this conversation up? Actually, you know, Kink Academy and Passionate You really can be a great resource for that. I mean, there there is the classic ways of like, you know, accidentally leaving an erotica book <laughs> with a bookmark, you know, and a, a few choice high, highlighted passages, um, you know, out on the out on the desk. But I think that we are lucky to live in a time right now where there are some low pressure ways to start talking about it. You know, spanking for 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 whatever people think of of the 50 shades of gray books and I certainly have many thoughts about them. That it does it has given a great conversation starter even to this day, right? That you still can say, "Oh my goodness, so a friend was saying or a friend was saying that I saw something on I mean, they have they have ridiculously sexy stuff just on regular television now that you can just say, oh, I saw a thing or I heard about a thing and yeah. to gauge. I'm yeah. I Ooh, think like sex with Sonny Megatron on Showtime. Hint, 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 hint okay. right? <laughs> exactly. Like there are so many normalized entry points now that that I think you can take that you are. My biggest recommendation would be to just find a way to bring it up because the longer that you let it go on, you never know what your partner is also wishing they could talk about. And so, you know, broaching the subject and saying, I would just really love to hear about your fantasies is a really simple, direct, efficient way to gain information and to, you know, set the stage for experiences together. Awesome. Well, listeners, you heard that. Go go find an excuse. Like, how about one is like, hey, honey, I was on iTunes trying to pull up the podcast This American Life, and I suddenly somehow pulled up American Sex, and suddenly Oops. I'm listening to Callie, and hey, let's role play. There you go. Right? Right? Yeah. You know, I was at, <laughs> when I was at the hotel the other day um, for Surrender, and the woman was checking me out and she had never been like checking me out of the uh, register um, of the hotel. And oh, I thought this was going to be a yeah, sexy story. And she was, she had never been to anything like this before. She had never seen the kind of kinky extravaganza and she bought a copy of my humiliation book. Like you nice. just That's never awesome. know. I think you know, what could be your opening line. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, tell everybody, where can we go to find you to find Kink Academy? Give us all the juicy places to learn more. Oh my gosh, so many places to find um, to find me and all the goodies online. So kinkacademy.com. You can find on uh, our website. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. If you just search Kink Academy, you'll definitely find us. And um, my enough to make you blush.com is where you can order all of the humiliation goodies that 
I talked about, as well as a workbook that goes with the Enough to Make You Blush book, both of which you can also find on Amazon if you just search Enough to Make You Blush. And I'm on Twitter under princess underscore Callie dot com and Instagram under Enough to Make You Blush. Basically, I'm all over online. You just have to Google me. <laughs> awesome. Or or listeners, just go to our show notes. And Way we'll have better. All of those links there. So easy. Very so easy. Well, once again, thank you so far, so much for chatting with us. I, our listeners have learned so much, and I've even learned so much. Yeah, absolutely, Princess Kelly. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for inviting me on. I mean, talk about talk about kink royalty. You guys are amazing, and I'm such huge fans of everything that you do for the educational world and the BDSM world and the world at large. So thanks so much for having me be on and and just being so awesome uh, in general. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.